The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Week 6 Early Edge NFL Prop Show presented by BetMGM. I am not the coach. I am your host, Eric Cohen. As you call me EC. You know me as EC. I'm on this show every week, and I'm glad to be in the host chair with Coach Traveling the World. Uh, I don't know where he is right now, but hey, Coach, thanks for letting me uh, have the opportunity to do this. All right, let's get right to the recap screen before we uh, introduce the stars of the show. Oh, by the way, you know, I, I'm sorry that I brought everybody down. What is this, a 10-7 uh, and seven week? And I was 2-3, and three, so that means our other two you know, the geniuses on the show, they absolutely crushed it. And let's bring it in because one of them deserves 15 seconds for his awesome foreign run record. Uh, we have Proppy. We have Uncle Dave. Great to see you guys, obviously, in this role. Uh, thank you for putting up with me in advance for the next 45 minutes or so. But Proppy, a winning week, not only a winning week, but an awesome four in one week. You have the floor. Thank you, EC. What's up, Uncle Dave? I wanted to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely nobody and for absolutely nothing. No, I'm just kidding. What's up, guys? I'm fired up. Uh, week six, we're here. I'm stoked. We've got some great picks. Let's get down to business. Whoa, for a second, I thought we were getting the heel prop stars getting ready to go in on all the haters. I don't, I don't know how many haters you have. There, how many people are dumb enough to hate on you? Probably. You know I, what? As as I have learned, there are going to be haters anywhere you go. But on this show, we have no tolerance for them because we win. At least you guys win. My Marvin Mims pick last week that I last night that I gave out on the show, not so good. Twelve routes run, no targets, not getting over seventeen and a half receiving yards. All right, let's get right to the picks. If you guys have chat questions, fantasy football related, props related, put them in the chat. We will get to as many as we can throughout the show. But Dave, you're gonna we're gonna start with you with a special teams prop because you have the only one on the board this week and a kicker that actually had a walk-off last week. Tell us about it. He would have had a walk-off, and he's got a name that's fun to say. It's Youngway Koo over one-and-a-half field goals, minus 119. That was with the odds that I found. And he's taking on the Commanders. They've allowed at least three field goal attempts in four of five games this season. And they he's, they've watched kickers nail at least two field goals in every single game this season. Koo has scored at least two field goals in three of his past four games. Falcons aren't shy about letting him try long-distance attempts. That's really all the research you need on this one. Young Koo over one-and-a-half field goals to help the Falcons put some points on the board against the Commanders this week. Seems like a safe bet, and I like that a lot. You know, I love betting these field goal prop bets, but this week, you know, I love fading the Rams. 
But at this point, uh, I just can't with the Cardinals offense. We stay away from Matt Prater this week. All right, let's go on to the rushing props. And I'm going to start with the first one here. It's Kenneth Walker over 67 and a half rushing yards at minus 115. You can go bet that at our partner, BetMGM. So in his five games, or in his last four, in his four games that he's played this year, 12, 17, 18, and 17 carries. The volume is there. He's averaging 4.4 yards a carry, and he's over this total in his last two games. Now, the Bengals have a great pass defense, but they are awful against the run. In fact, they're the second worst rush defense in the NFL, giving up 154 yards a game and more than five yards per rushing attempt. Kenneth Walker will get his on Sunday, play the over 67 and a half receiving yards. All right, Proppy, you are also on a number that is actually actually the same number, 67 and a half rushing yards. But your guy is a little bit, I would say, higher in Uncle Dave's fantasy rankings than mine is. Tell us about him. Yeah, we're talking about Tony Pollard here going over 67 and a half rushing yards. There's a little bit of irony with Tony Pollard. I'm sure Dave uh, can attest to last year with Ezekiel Elliott splitting carries. The whole narrative was give this guy more carries, give this guy more touches. Now that he's the feature back, Zeke's obviously playing in New England. Uh, He's been brutally inefficient. Really just week one had a big performance, uh, has struggled since then. While he's been inefficient, uh, what's not inefficient is his situation he's in an elite situation the Cowboys have an excellent run blocking line they're also hyper conservative they run the ball a lot it's the foundation of their offense now they're facing a Chargers defense that isn't quite the historically bad run defense they were last season but they're still a below average run defense so I love this spot for Tony Pollard to bounce back only had I believe seven or eight carries last week against San Francisco they got routed I expect Dallas to be competitive in this game against the Chargers I expect them to lean heavily on Tony Pollard. I was starting to worry about his usage considering how many touches he was getting. Uh, had a had a light workload last week, so I think he's in line for a big bounce back opportunity. Love this spot for him to go over 67 and a half rushing yards versus a subpar Chargers defense. Yeah, I think probably this one just seems low to me. I don't know why the 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 odds makers have gotten this one wrong. It's a nice exploitation of that market. Now, uh Dave, we have a fantasy question. Might as well start with you. Let's go. Uh, uh, X Silent Reigns asks, do I start Brees Hall if Saquon Barkley is out, or do I pick up Chuba Hubbard or Devon or Deontay Foreman since Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson are out? Okay, and and I I kinda uh, I I don't want to I don't want to make fun of the person asking this question. So I'm gonna answer this as if this was my mother asking the question, you see. Because after what we saw from Brees Hall last week. I think it's safe to say that he is at least a must start as a number two fantasy running back. Whereas Chuba Hubbard is getting an interesting opportunity with Miles Sanders out, but I don't think he's going to put up a lot of numbers and touchdowns. And I certainly don't think he's got the upside that Brees Hall has. And I don't think Deontay Foreman, even with the chance of him being pretty much the only running back in Chicago that gets work. I don't think he's got the upside that Brees Hall has. And yes, statistically it's a bad matchup. We learned before this very show today that Jalen Carter is out for the Philadelphia Eagles. He hurt himself in practice this week. That is a big loss, figuratively and literally. And so I'm I'm more comfortable starting Brees Hall than I was earlier this week. I think he's a better start than Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. 
And just to piggyback on what Dave said, EC, uh, the loss of Jalen Carter cannot be understated enough. This guy is the front runner for defensive rookie of the year. He's the highest highest graded interior lineman, according to PFF, through the first six weeks of the season. Unbelievably impressive for a rookie defensive interior lineman. So this guy has made a massive impact, a huge staple of this Eagles defense and the reason they've been an elite run defense. So his loss will be felt for sure. It's a big boost to uh, Brees Hall's matchup. Well, since we're breaking news about the Eagles inactives, you might want to go log on to BetMGM right now and place your bets on Brees Hall. And you can do so by this way. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get $200 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $10, and you will receive $200 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome with bonus code code EDGE200. Easy for me to say. So go there, bet $10, get $200. All right. It is time for receiving props, one of my favorite things that I love to do every week. And Dave, you have an interesting one to start because it's a you have a couple of running backs, not just one but two as part of your receiving props. Why don't you start us off? Let's start with Ty J. Spears over two and a half receptions at plus 110. Who is this guy? He's the Titans rookie running back who's been over this total in each of his past three games. Beloved fantasy stud Derrick Henry has been inefficient this year. And the Titans have caught on to it. The team's given Spears work as it's passing downs back for most of the season, including giving them all but one of their 14 snaps on third and fourth downs last week. And here's kind of a secret. He might be better than Derrick Henry right now. Uh, he, he played two or three snaps inside the 10 last week for Tennessee. I, 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 we're not supposed to speak badly about Derrick Henry, because, I mean, the guy could run me over and leave me in the hospital. He is a monster out there. He's just not running with the same type of burst and explosiveness. And if the Titans are looking for that in their offense, this is the guy that they're turning to. And make no mistake, the Ravens have a strong run defense, but they've given up at least three catches to a running back in all but one game this year. And best of all, because, I mean, everything what I said is pretty good, Spears has a 23.2% target per route run rate. What that means is 23% of the time when he runs a route, he gets the ball. That's through his first five games, and it's been consistent. So I like his opportunity to get at least three catches. The other running back receiving prop that I like is Raheem Mostert going over 13 and a half receiving yards at minus 135. And I had to pick and choose between which Raheem Mostert prop I really liked. The reception one is really juiced in our favor. So I wanted to take that one, but I couldn't do it. I feel safest about this one. Mostert's been over 13 and a half receiving yards in two of his past three games. He actually landed on 13 receiving yards on the dot last week and in week one. But the difference between what he's dealing with now and what he dealt with last week is real simple. There's no Devon Achan in this offense. That should mean a little more work for Mostert in the Dolphins offense. And Jeff Wilson might be back. The coach already said he's going to have limited reps. Savan Ahmed is there, but they don't really like to use him. So I think Mostert's going to get more work than normal. The Panthers' defense is expected to play a lot of zone coverage. That should open Mostert up for some easy short throws. And he's actually averaged over three targets per game this season. And he gets a little more than that specifically in snaps against zone coverage. And he's averaging an 85% catch rate and 8.3 yards per catch against zone coverage, which means all he has to really do based on those averages is catch two passes. I think he can do that. So we're taking the over on Mostert, 13 and a half receiving yards. 
I like it very much. Nicely done there. I want to ask you about Devin H or Devon Achan though, Dave. He's on IR now for four weeks. From a from a season long fantasy, not dynasty, in redraft leagues, what would you do? Would you hold? Would you consider trading him maybe for a lesser talent? What would be your strategy there? Well, you don't really want to trade him for a lesser talent unless you feel like your roster is in a bad spot or you need wins desperately. If I'm one in four and I've got Devon Achan on IR, then A, I'm pretty unlucky because I should have won more than one game with Devon Achan. And number two, I, I just I need starters. I need guys that can help me put up some points and help me win. So if there's a manager in my league that's going to give me two good starters in exchange for Devon Achan, I would take it. But it's a little bit of a different situation compared to what's going on with Justin Jefferson's IR. We don't know when Jefferson's going to be back. We feel pretty good that A-Chan can be back in four, maybe five games. And so fantasy managers who have A-Chan should try and be as patient as possible. Hopefully you've got some good running back depth that you can use to put some wins on the board while he's out. Proppy. If I'm four and one or five and oh in a fantasy league too, I'm trying to acquire uh, Devon Achan as well because he's very likely, as Dave mentioned, going to return uh, for the fantasy playoffs. Obviously, being on injured reserve, you probably have some owners who are willing to sell low on him. So I would at least poke around and see what you can offer, or see if there's a, an asking price for him because he is going to be a league winner if he's back healthy for the fantasy playoffs. You should give up a package for him, try and give up two or three players for A-Chan, make one of them a running back. Don't You, you might have to overpay a little bit, but uh, that's the type of move you make when you're trying to win in the second half of the season. All right, so Dave, I have a 5-0 and o team with Justin Jefferson who you mentioned. Would you hold or would you trade him maybe for a guy like a Jalen Waddle if somebody would offer that? Mm, I don't think that's enough for Justin Jefferson because we're, we're worried about how long he'll be out for and there is a scenario that he could miss the rest of the season because, I mean, let's think about this. He's trying to get a new contract. The Vikings have one win. If their season's going nowhere, why would he come back and risk further injury? But we, we kind of said similar things about Jonathan Taylor, and now look at Jonathan Taylor. He's coming back. He's playing on a contending team. He's ready to rock and roll. It, I, just, I wouldn't give up a lot for Justin Jefferson if I'm acquiring him. I certainly, though, would give up Jalen Waddle straight up for him. So aim a little higher than Jalen Waddle straight up for uh, for Justin Jefferson at EC. EC just shed a tear because he loves Jalen Waddle. <laughs> but I, listen, I, I love Jalen Waddle too, dude. But he's just he hasn't been putting up huge numbers. Certainly not like last year. And I think it's because the Dolphins have discovered a run game. And I think as long as they've got a run game that is at least effective you're going to see Waddle continue to not have many games with 75-plus yards. This week could be one of them. I will All right, say well, that's that. good. You just you set me right up, so thanks. Thanks, Uncle Dave. I'm going to roll with Jalen Waddle as my receiver pick this week, over 59.5 receiving yards at minus 115. So he was over this total in his first two games and then under in his last two after he came back from his concussion. But he did have 10 targets last week. He's getting nearly a 20% target share and a 21% first read share against zone coverage which uh, would ex which I would expect from Carolina this week as they try to prevent Tyreek Hill from going over the top. Also, Jalen Waddle is third best in yards after the catch, only behind DJ Moore and Nico Collins. He is going to bounce back from the last two subpar games, including one of the times where I had him. I think that was in week four. And he's going to have at least 60 receiving yards. And heck, I would play it up to 75. So there you go, Dave. I'm feeling confident about Jalen Waddle this week. Before we get to Proppy's picks... 
Let's take a break and hear from one of our sponsors. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And one of the people that you can find on HQ often is none other than Prop Stars, who has four receiving picks this week. Why don't you give us two of them right now, Proppy? Absolutely. You see, yeah, we're going to start with Tyler Lockett over 51 and a half receiving yards. It's been a slow start for Tyler Lockett this season. To my opinion, if you look at his target profile, which are his underlying metrics, he's a sleeping giant. He has a bigger, a larger air yard share than DK Metcalf, similar target share. Uh, his A dot is super healthy. So he's on the precipice of breaking out. I like this matchup for him. We're getting a big discount on the number typically his numbers in the low 60s it's 51 and a half they're playing the Bengals we saw Joe Burrow look close to 100 percent uh last week I think this game has some shootout potential could certainly see an increase in passing volume as well I'm not afraid of the Bengals pass defense they rank in the bottom five in coverage grade uh they haven't had a they haven't had a consistent pass rush either uh they play a lot of zone defense which benefits Lockett he's sort of their optimal receiver against uh zone 
zone defense. So I love Tyler Lockett in this spot, getting a big discount in a potential shootout game against the Bengals. And on top of that, weather was thought to be an issue. The latest weather report seems like it's going to have a minimal impact on the game, which certainly bodes well for the passing there. So love that spot for him. And then I'm going to go back to Dallas Goddard. Went to this guy last week, uh, cashed for us on the very first drive versus the Rams. That was awesome. But, yeah, his receiving line's only 36 and a half uh, when it opened or when I put it on the site. Uh, yeah, we saw him get uh, nine targets last week, ended up with seven or eight receptions for over 117 yards. Certainly shows the Eagles have a very concentrated target distribution. It's A.J. Brown, it's Devontae Smith, and it's Dallas Goddard. Uh, Dallas Goddard. Obviously got some squeaky wheel treatment, but yeah, 36 and a half yards playing against the Jets who bleed a lot of production to opposing tight ends. They have very good boundary corners. Uh, as a result, the middle of the field, they're a little bit vulnerable and susceptible to giving up production. So if you look at the Jets, they give up a lot of production to opposing tight ends. So at only under 40 yards where I'm comfortable playing it, I believe it's like 38 and a half right now. I definitely think Dallas Goddard is a great look here. His number should ultimately settle around 45 to 50. I think as the season progresses as well. That's a great bet, Proppy. I, I don't know how the line is that low, especially coming off a 100-yard game. And as you said, against the Jets defense, that also has been struggling of late. Now, Uncle Dave, you ha also have another tight end prop, but it's interesting. You chose an offense that hasn't been really good. In fact, they haven't scored a touchdown in the last two weeks, but you're confident in this play. Let's hear it. How, how about an offense that has one snap inside the five-yard line this season? Oh, God. Yeah, it's the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe their offense is worse this year than it was last year. But here we are. But we're not looking for touchdowns. We're not even looking for yardage, guys. We're looking for catches for Hunter Henry at plus 116. And here's a simple question. Who's catching the ball for New England this Sunday? They're down to Kendrick Bourne. They're down to Devontae Parker, maybe Ty Montgomery. They've got some injuries there, and they also have injuries along the offensive line. So there's really a limited amount of choices for Mac Jones to throw the ball to, and he needs to get that ball out quickly against Max Crosby and that Raiders defense that should be able to have some success getting near him because of the injuries to the offensive line for the New England Patriots. I expect the Patriots to go back to Hunter Henry, who had four or more catches in three of his first four games before having zero in a tough-to-watch blowout loss last week against New Orleans. This game is actually winnable for New England because, I mean, it's the Raiders. You guys have watched them. They're not great. And that includes how they fare against tight ends. They're below average in catch rate allowed at tight ends at 75.7%. And a tight end has had at least four catches against them in three of five games. The two teams that didn't, the Chargers and the Steelers, and they don't really use their tight ends a lot. I think the Patriots go back to Hunter Henry, and I think he ends up getting a bunch of catches, and he comes through on another bet for us that is plus odds. But, you know, Dave, I love seeing anything with a plus number in front of it, and I say that every week. But this one seems like a great bet, especially you would think that New England's offense is actually going to show up now. Speaking of uh, New England and the Raiders game, Proppy, you have one of your final two receiving picks that is in that game. But I just want to say, before you give out that pick, the guy that you're playing is also battling an injury. Are you still as confident knowing that? Uh, Devontae Adams, you see? That's correct. 
Yeah, I am. I mean, he's been dealing with the shoulder injury for weeks, looked 100% to me last week, obviously. That was, I, I believe I saw some uh, analysts suggest that was his worst performance, I want to say, in like the last five seasons. Still had four receptions uh, for however many 40 yards, but just puts into perspective how dominant of a player Devontae Adams is. Uh, they were really putting a concerted effort into shutting him down. I don't think that's going to be the case with this New England defense, missing, missing Christian Gonzalez. They weren't even that great when Gonzalez was on the field. So I think this is an awesome bounce back opportunity for Devontae Adams, who has one of the more elite roles in the NFL, coupled with an elite, just an elite talent. So it all matches up to me here. Jimmy G has been fairly successful. Devontae Adams commands a massive target share. He gets targeted deep down the field, uh, looks just as good as ever to me. So we're getting a steep discount. I think he looked 100% healthy as well. So absolutely love him at this number over 68 and a half yards. And then we're going to go to Josh Downs, over 42 and a half receiving yards. This guy is quietly one of the best rookie wide receivers. He is a slot man extraordinaire an incredibly polished polished route runner with excellent hands and he has really been coming on strong last week had a six target six reception 97 yard performance uh, looks to be really comfortable with Gardner Minshew throwing the football when Gardner Minshew has been under center for the Colts who will be starting this week against the Jaguars he has heavily targeted Josh Downs I believe nearly equal amount of targets two downs compared to Michael Pittman Jr. who's received Receiving yards are nearly 20 yards higher. So I love Josh Downs. I like him in this matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars offense that could potentially push the Colts a little bit into a little bit of additional passing volume. So I'm all over Josh Downs. Love him. I also love him for fantasy purposes, uh, both this week and season long as well. I really think he's a player on the rise. You know, Proppy, I'm still bitter at Josh Downs because he took away the Michael Pittman volume that I had last week. And that's why I didn't have a winning week. I came within what? seven, eight yards of hitting that Pittman prop, if not less, because Josh Downs was a big factor in that Indianapolis offense. Good pick there, and he's a good guy to look at for DFS purposes, a little bit cheaper than some of the other high-end receivers. And if you like him, I'm going to edit my lineup right after this show. Now, before we get to it, the passing props, and one that I really, really love and would recommend, but you guys will decide that uh, yourselves, let's take a break and hear from one of our sponsors. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer 
And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, so Dave, I'm going to have you start first with the quarterback props. I'm going to save mine just after your pick. But it's an interesting one because I think game flow will be in your favor in Tampa Bay. It is. And Baker Mayfield over 32 and a half pass attempts is the direction that I'm going. I'm seeing it at minus 119. He's taking on a Lions team that forces offenses to abandon the run. They've got a great run squad going on defense. I expect that to continue. And that should be fine with the Bucs. They're coming off the bye. They'll have Mike Evans back on the field. And they'll be just in time to see a Lions defense that sees quarterbacks average 39 pass attempts per game against them. As a matter of fact, every single team to play against Detroit this year has had a quarterback throw at least 36 passes against them. We're getting this at 32 and a half. Mayfield should be busy in this one, especially since I don't expect running back Rashad White to have a particularly good game. That's it. That's the analysis. And it's my favorite prop of the week. Baker Mayfield over 32 and a half pass attempts. So, would you recommend him in DFS formats? And would he be a suitable bye week replacement if you needed him in two quarterback leagues? He's in that conversation as a good bye week replacement. I, I like Gardner Minshew as well. Sam Howell would be better than both of them. And it really comes down to price. I haven't looked at his prices in DFS, but let's say he's not a top 15 quarterback in terms of price. I'd give him a long look for sure. Proppy? Correlated play I just wanted to – I'd be remiss if I didn't mention was I put out on Sportsline's site yesterday, Rashad White under 52 and a half rushing yards. Uh, Dave mentioned this Detroit run defense has been super stout, elite. They haven't allowed a running back to eclipse 43 yards this season. They face Kenneth Walker, B. John Robinson, Aaron Jones. They have been – very stout. That number is currently at 44 and a half. So if you are a Sportsline subscriber, you got nearly eight yards of closing line value on a, put, a pick I put out yesterday. Wow. Proppy, before I make my next pick here, uh, I want to ask you about Devontae Adams. How high would you go on that? And then secondly, would you re also recommend Jacoby Myers? I do like Jacoby Myers. I've been beating his drum all season. His target, they have a hyper-condensed target share. Jimmy Garoppolo throws to Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and then he checks down to Josh Jacobs. That is it. That is great when we're looking at prop. We want a really condensed target distribution. So I, I, I don't typically advise taking multiple receivers on the same team in one game. This may not be the best matchup against a New England team who they could really establish Josh Jacobs against. So I personally wouldn't play Jacoby Myers this week in games where there could potentially lead to a high passing environment. I'm fine with it, but yeah, not this week. As far as what I played Devontae Adams up to comfortable with him up to 74 and a half. Dave, the revenge game angle when it comes to fantasy football, and I, we just, that's, and I bring that up with Myers going up uh, against New England. I love to play that angle. You know, it's fun. I actually have Myers in the DFS lineup now. Proppy says no. What do you say? I think it's going to be popular. I think that that's something that you'll see in a lot of DFS lineups because Myers has been playing really well with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think a lot of people are going to chase that. And the revenge game narrative, it, it's something that we ask football players about from time to time. And they say that it's a real thing. They sometimes have love for the teams that they played against, but they still want to go and beat them. Okay, that's fair. I, and I appreciate that. Now, another guy that I have in my DFS lineups this week, and I've teased this for a couple minutes, Matthew Stafford, over 280 and a half yards passing at minus 115. Now, if you watched last week's show, 
You know, I recommended Joe Burrow and we had a little bit of a conversation against the Cardinals and look what he did. He, his over under was 250 and a half and he went for over 300. So I think Matthew Stafford does this again. Why do I think that? Because he has three games this season of more than 300 yards passing. He is first in big time throw rate and fourth in the entire NFL in passing yards. Oh, by the way, the Cardinals have given up the seventh most passing yards per game, the seventh highest passer rating, and the fourth highest adjusted completion rate. I don't even know what goes into adjusted completion rate, but I do know that when Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are on the field, the Cardinals are not stopping them. Now, I'm not predicting a 15-catch, 192-yard, three-touchdown game like Jamar Chase had last week, but those guys are going to eat. So for DFS formats, I'm in on Matthew Stafford over, and I would pair him with one of those Rams wide receivers if you can afford it. All right. We have one more prop, and then we'll go to the recap screen. And Dave, you have the only combo prop this week with the a Bengals running back, well, the Bengals running back, Joe Mixon, over or under? Well, first of all, I think adjusted completion rate eliminates drop passes, passes thrown out of bounds, spiked balls, stuff like that, things that the quarterback necessarily you know, is either doing to avoid completing a pass or trying to ground the ball, stuff like that, or something that has nothing to do with the quarterback. So that's when adjusted completion rate. Thank you. Okay, so the Ravens, so Lamar Jackson's adjusted completion rate would be like 100 because all his receivers do is just drop passes. Right, like last week that would have been the case exactly, right? And so like they don't count a lot of the passes that, you know, the quarterbacks aren't at fault for. That's adjusted completion rate. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, Combo prop, Joe Mixon. Under 87 and a half total yards at minus 115. He's been under this total in three of his past four games. He's had under 15 carries in three of his past four games. And I wonder if his target share takes a hit now that Joe Burrow is feeling better. Nice job, EC, with that one. I'm glad I tailed you on it. And if T. Higgins is back for the Bengals. Remember, this is going to make that passing offense look a little bit better. Burrow's willing to throw further downfield. He's got his number two wide receiver back. It all makes sense, and it might mean that Joe Mixon doesn't see five targets like he's seen in at each of the last two games. But this is the stat that I care about the most. No one has hit this total against Seattle this year. The Seahawks, glared against running backs. Who knew? They've been awesome against the run, 2.6 yards per carry allowed to running backs. And we talked about this on our podcast. Almost all of Mixon's runs, have been between the tackles. It's been weird. They're not trying to help him win on edge runs. When they use him through the passing game, that's a completely different story. But just this heavy usage of A and B gap runs, and he's just not efficient with them anymore. He's one of the older backs in the league, and I think that's going to contribute to him going under 87.5 total yards against Seattle on Sunday. So I love to ask the fantasy question since we have you on here, and and I'll open this up to both of you. When it comes to Joe Mixon, he does look like he's lost a step. Dave, I'll start with you. Is Chase Brown somebody that's worth rostering in deeper leagues this season? No, because I'm not sure if the coaches in Cincinnati are ready to trust him. We've seen Travion Williams be the number two running back. I think it's something like three straight games where Chase Brown has played four or fewer snaps. And I can't believe I even could reel that off the top of the dome. He's barely playing right now. Proppy, I'm going to ask you one. This is this is kind of a, a spontaneous one, and you haven't had any time to prepare, so I apologize in advance. In a dynasty league that I have with you, last week before Connor got hurt, I picked up DeMarcado from the Cardinals. Who is a guy that you would say is a is a backup running back that probably is widely available that might be a stash, maybe a Rico Dowdle type from Dallas or a Damian Harris from Buffalo, somebody like that? 
that you might recommend going forward in season-long leagues? I'll give you a running back and a wide receiver. I'm glad you brought up Rico Dattle. I'm high on Rico Dattle. I just, he passes the eye test to me. He's explosive. He's in a great situation. He even has a tiny bit of standalone value with how much Dallas runs the ball and with these large workloads they've given to Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's also never handled workloads this large. So it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up experiencing an injury and we see Rico Dattle get some starts. So he's a very high end handcuff. Uh, he's a guy that you can pick up in a lot of leagues. So I have him on a quite a few rosters. I like him quite a bit. But a guy who's available in almost every single league, a wide receiver who I really think, I would say maybe realistically 20, 25% chance he could be a top 36 wide receiver by the fantasy playoffs is Jonathan Mingo, rookie wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. The guy reminds me a lot of Anquan Bolden. Uh, the car, or excuse me, the Panthers are very committed to getting him the football. He has a higher first target rate read than any single wide receiver or pass catcher on the Panthers. He's had at least six or seven targets in all games that he's been healthy and active. Obviously, it requires Bryce Young maybe taking a step forward and Mingo learning the nuances of the position. But he's coming off a, a season-best game of five catches, 45 yards. If you're a Sportsline subscriber, you'd also know I like his prop this week. But yeah, I think Jonathan Mingo has a chance and he's available in every single league, even 14 team leagues that I'm in. He's available. So he's a guy that I would stash that potentially has some big upside. Before we, and thank you, Proppy. Before we get to the recap screen, Dave, I have one more for you. Now, you do your fantasy rankings at CBS Sports, which are awesome, but you also are not afraid to differ when other rankings are kind of have players in the same area. Are there a couple players this week that come to the top of your head that you would say you are higher on than, let's say, most fantasy experts? So last week, for example, David Montgomery was one of them, where I think you were higher on him than I, most. He was my number two top. guy. Yep, and he, and he excelled. You know, he had, a, he had a, a good week. Is there anybody off the top of your head that stands out that, hey, for DFS players or even mm. props, even though it's not an official play, that you might recommend? <sighs> Off the top of my head, the, the, the first name that came up was Brandon Ayuk because mm -hmm. I, I, I like the 40 – okay, kind of a, a roundabout story. I like the idea of the 49ers playing against a man-to-man -man coverage defense, and I think that's what the Browns will try and do. And I'm not really worried about Brock Purdy. Let's put them together, Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk. I think they can play well. However, I think there might be a weather issue in Cleveland – that could keep that from really breaking through. But let's just say that there isn't a weather issue. Those are two guys that I would expect a big game from. And I kind of like that stack. And we've also seen Purdy not lean too heavily on Debo Samuel lately. And last week, George Kittle had the three-touchdown game, and that was outstanding. But I don't know if that's necessarily uh, – obviously, the touchdowns are consistent. He's not getting a ton of targets from game to game. I think Ayuk's got a shot at maybe double-digit targets if the Browns insist on playing man coverage in an attempt to rattle Brock Purdy. So that's one guy. Another one is Cole Komet for the mm -hmm. Chicago Bears, who I think is an absolute start at tight end. Ever since the Bears benched, not even traded Chase Claypool, but benched Chase Claypool, this dude's been the number two target getter for Chicago. He sees a target share of over 20%. Target per route runs great. He leads – think about this. Think about who the Bears have on offense. He leads them in red zone targets over the last two weeks. I think that he's absolutely locked in as a tight end one. I've got him ranked out of Pitts, Goddard, and Kittle this week. Um, those are two that come to mind. One other name that's the opposite of that EC and one that mm -hmm. we've had some, some brouhaha's about, and I'd love to get Proppy's uh, mindset on Ramondre Stevenson, 
who is averaging a yard per carry less than Ezekiel Elliott. Last week was the first time he didn't have 16 touches in the game. He didn't even have 10. And I know they're playing the Raiders this week, but I don't know if I trust that offensive line to pop lanes for him. I don't know if I trust this offense to heavily involve him when they really haven't done that through the first five weeks of the season. I'm nervous to start Ramondre Stevenson in fantasy, and I toyed with the idea of taking the under on his rushing yardage in, on our show today. Uh, he you know, has been – Go ahead, Proppy. Yeah. Just going to say Ramondre has been so disappointing this season, uh, pretty perplexing in my opinion. Obviously, Dave mentioned New England's offensive line has been putrid, really hasn't done him any favors. But the fact that like a 50-year-old corpse of a running back in Ezekiel Elliott is averaging an additional yard per carry over Ramondre is unacceptable. Also, the really dis- dis- disconcerting thing with Ramondre is last season, even in matchups where he would struggle running the football, he had a phenomenal receiving profile and he was heavily involved as a receiver not the case this season so uh, yeah the alarms are certainly sounding if you're a Montre Stevenson owner I was very bullish on him last year coming into this year but really can't uh, explain what's going on with him he's an ascending player should be considering his age I thought he looked very good last year Uh, no real explanation obviously New England's offensive line isn't good or doing him favors but he should still be performing better certainly in the passing game well, and I want to appreciate you guys off the top, you know, just doing that randomly with no with no warning. So I appreciate that. That's how good these guys are. Uh, and I'm honored to work with them every week. Now, I want to thank our buddy Buckets for being in the chat. He will not be making a video appearance on the show, but he. I do want to point out, no, Dante Culpepper does not play. But he did hit his Rangers, Linfield, both teams to score play from the Friday early edge. So way to go, Buckets. Nicely done on that. All right, let's pull up the recap screen and see where we're at. No, nobody wants to hear me uh, read these off, but let's play a little game. Proppy, I'll start with you. If I gave you 100 bucks to put on either one of Dave's plays or one of my plays, what would you put it on? I'd put it on Dave's under for Joe Mixon. And why? Uh, I just Dave, I thought, made a great argument, but really the Seattle run defense, I think, is uh, above average, certainly very good. And then I would also say that Mixon has been brutally inefficient. We're also seeing teams opt to throw heavy versus Seattle. They're a pass funnel. Uh, Joe Burrow looks healthy to me. So, yeah, I just think it's a combination of a poor matchup for Mixon, good matchup for Joe Burrow. And uh, Joe Mixon's been very inefficient. Dave, we know I'm kind of frugal, but let's say I wasn't and I gave you 100 bucks to put on one of these plays that are not one of your own. Where would you go? Let me first ask this question to Proppy. Uh, when you talked about Josh Downs, did you mention the connection that he had with Gardner Minshew? I did. I mentioned that he's had this, an equal target share to Michael Pittman Jr. when Minshew's been throwing the football. Which is incredible. How about his yards per catch rate? Did you mention that? I did as well. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that we covered that because that's the bet I would make. It was on my list. I, 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 I Here's what I saw. This was on uh, a, a site that I looked at today. His receiving total was 45 and a half. Is that what you got it at? You got yeah, it at I got it at 42. 42 and a half. That's even better than what I saw. I saw it at 45 and a half at minus 125. And then I went to the combo page, and it was the exact same number for total yards. But less juice. And a half, but yeah. less juice. You've seen that's a great – 
That's a great tip, Dave. So I wanted, I'm glad you brought that up. That's something I would encourage people to do, uh, depending on what sports book you use. But you can often find, for whatever reason, you can see pretty much every single receiver listed under the receiving and running back line. And despite it, you would think there would be like a, a steeper price. You can usually get a better price than their just naked receiving line. So I think that's great advice, Dave. So if you're ever looking and you see a guy at an unplayable number, just double check a receiver, what his rushing plus receiving line line is because oftentimes you'll find it at less juice or even a yard lower sometimes it's inexplicable but certainly something that i think uh, should be taken advantage of the explanation for it real quick if i could uh, is because props are such a low liquidity market which means that there's just not a lot of money coming in on them so as a result of that uh, a minimal amount of money can have a large effect and influence on said prop so when that happens it distorts the line causes movement in either direction and then the other line just hasn't received any sort of the, the other line is just basically sitting there and had, there's just like a lag time between when it updates so you can often find that the additional line will provide more value is that why we see a lot of odds where the the line looks good and you want to take it but it's like minus 185 something like that because somebody yeah, just beat you to somebody it. beat you to it and it's just been hammered heavily recently got it before we get going here, I, I want to ask you guys just maybe a, a quick tip for everybody out there. When we doing the research for this show is definitely not easy. You think it's easy, you know, you look at the board, you find a prop, so be it. Dave has to put together all these fantasy rankings. Proppy's writing a million articles on Sportsline. Is there a tip that each of you can give to somebody at home when they're doing their own research? Is there somewhere you would recommend they look? Proppy, I'll start with you. What's what's your one tip? I'll give you a few tips, you see, if I could, because okay. I'm a man of the people. Sure, of uh, first and yeah. foremost, find quality projections, whether they're from us, whether they're from uh, another group or another site. Find quality projections. Uh, look where there are big imbalances on said projections against the prop lines. Even that alone, can you can find some substantial edges there. Uh, I'd also learn the difference between mean versus medium. Uh, I don't have time to explain that to you right now, but that's something I would definitely look into. Uh, understand what soft skills capping is. Uh, there's a marriage between quantitative and qualitative analysis. Learn the difference between that. Look at your, record your results and record the closing line value of said results. Meaning, right before kickoff, if you've taken a prop, let's say you take Josh Downs over 42 and a half receiving yards, go look at what that number closes at, because that'll be a great indicator if you've beaten the market or not. If he's, if you're taking the over and he closes at 47 and a half yards, that's a very good indicator that you're on the sharp side there. And then last but not least, don't be results-oriented. Just because a play loses doesn't mean it was the wrong play. Uh, I give you a Javante Williams under 42.5 rushing yards play that I put out. That closed at 35.5. He went over, of course, but he had some big runs. I'd play that 10 out of 10 times and be confident it would cash seven of those times. So, yeah, those are my best tips for you. I love the uh, process over results. I do the exact same thing in fantasy. Uh, certainly on a week-to-week -week thing with fantasy football, it's very fickle because one week a player goes off, everybody rushes to him. The next week he disappoints. That's just the nature of the beast in fantasy football. What I would want to add is this. Your money is valuable to you. And how you spend that money, whether it's on groceries or bets, it's important. You don't want to just do it without necessarily feeling like there's a reason for it. Okay, there's a reason why you go to the grocery store to buy food. You got to eat, you got to make a meal, you got to make yourself pancakes on Saturday morning. But when it comes to your bets, 
don't just blindly follow because Proppy says it or EC says it. Don't fade me because I say it. <laughs> Go with what feels great. Go with what sounds great. And you don't have to go and bet every single thing. It's okay if you go a week without betting at all. Your money's valuable, and it'll be there next week. I used to be addicted to playing poker, and I had to stop myself. And one of the things I told myself was, it's always going to be there. The casinos never close. There's always going to be a game open for the rest of my life. Almost wherever I live, it's going to be there. You don't have to rush anything. Are you hell not? You don't have to rush in anything. Here I am trying to rush to say something because I know we got to get out of here. You don't have to rush in anything and you don't have to overdo anything. So when you feel a bet and, and you're and in your gut, it says, ah, I, I don't know if Josh Downs is going to go over. Don't worry about it. Don't take it. It's okay. Even if it hits and you're not a part of it, it's okay. Wow. I'll tell you what. I was taking notes on the side here. Just put down my pen. That was deep from both of you and really appreciate that because that's how you make money. And based on what Dave just said, I probably should take my own advice. I'm an action guy. I like to have action all across the board. So you know what? Maybe sometimes it is best just to sit it out. Guys, sometimes. it's an awesome show. Absolutely loved it. Uh, for Proppy and, and Dave, uh, I'm EC. Thank you so much for watching. And as I always like to say, let's hit it big. Good luck. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy Baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.